Matthew chapter number uh, 15 tonight and verse number 1. The Bible said, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father nor his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition." You hypocrites, well did Isaiah the prophets of, prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of a man, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying. And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind, leading leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and, and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceedeth out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart and they defile the man for out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts murders adulteries fornication theft false witnesses blasphemes these are the things which defile a man but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man let's go to God in prayer and then you can be seated our Heavenly Father, God, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, we thank you for the singing that we've heard. We thank you for the testimonies that's been given. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Speak to our hearts. And Lord, I ask you to give us liberty. Give us the, the message that is needed, the words to say. Lord, I ask, Father, tonight, if there's one here that's lost, I pray, God, that tonight would be the night that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there's one here tonight, uh, Lord, that's backslid, I pray, God, that you'd warm their heart and Bring them to an altar of repentance and do that work that needs to be done. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number one here, verse number two here in just a moment. And then in verse number 20, and I want to preach on the subject tonight on clean hands but a dirty heart. Clean hands, but a dirty heart. I want you to notice the Pharisees in verse number one and two. The Bible said, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands uh, when they eat bread. Notice the confrontation as they come to Jesus here in verse number one that uh, they are confronting Jesus about a matter. And you know, I thought when I read this that uh, you can come to the Lord about anything at any time and I want to say I'm glad that we can do that but it has everything to do with the attitude that we have when we approach him the spirit and the attitude that they're coming to Christ in is a spirit of a judgmental attitude and you know tonight that we'll never get anywheres with God if we have a judgmental spirit about us now the Bible said that a spiritual man judgeth all things meaning that we take the word of God and we make decisions and we pass 
judgment in the light of what the Bible says. Amen? But that does not mean that we develop a judgmental attitude toward others as we see in this text. And so uh, these Pharisees, I noticed their confrontation. I noticed their concern. They said, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of elders? They're worried about their traditions. They're worried about uh, uh, what they have established and what they have set forth. And so uh, they have this complaint in verse number two because they said, for they wash not with their their hands uh, when they eat bread. Now, doesn't that seem like a petty thing tonight? I mean, I'm sure you believe as well as I do uh, that we ought to wash our hands before we sit down at a meal. And I certainly wouldn't wouldn't want to share a a bread with somebody that had dirty hands. And I think you would agree with that tonight as well. But having said that, we know that that's a good principle to live by, but it is not scripture. It is not the word of God. And their problem is uh, is that they're trying to bind men uh, with what they believe and with what they think. Now that's the day that we're living in today. Uh, There are still Pharisees today, just like there was back then. And the liberals love to take this text and and they like to preach about it and act like you don't have to have any standards or convictions or if you believe in dressing right or doing right or have any convictions at all, uh, then you're a Pharisee. But we know that's not true. Can I get an amen? But the other side of that coin is really what I'm preaching on tonight, that if we're not careful and if we don't keep a a balance in the Word of God, we can become Pharisees. Uh, We can come uh, become critical of others and I don't want to be one of those preachers that just preach one-sided. Amen? I believe we ought to preach the whole counsel of of the Word of God. And if you and I don't get our convictions and our beliefs and our standards uh, and our principles from the Bible, then listen, that's exactly what we can become. Isn't that right? I've seen Pharisees come through the church. You say, what do you mean? And I will stop and say this. There's two kinds of crowds that will kill a service. The worldly carnal crowd that doesn't believe in any type of, you just live any way you want to, do whatever you want to through the week and come shout it out on Sunday and have a good time. Hey, that will kill a church. Can I get an amen? And then that spirit of just sitting there and critiquing everything will kill a service as well. I know that because I preach preacher meetings, amen. I, every time I get in a preacher's meeting, which I don't get much no more, and this may be why, I tell them I'd rather preach to prisoners than to preach to them. So I reckon that's why maybe I'm not preaching many of them no more. But I'll tell you, sometimes you feel like you're standing before the Sanhedrin itself because if they don't know you or their buddy doesn't know you, then they don't put their stamp of approval on you. I'm not. It doesn't bother me one bit. I, I promise you that. Uh, but listen, where we uh, get our uh, listen, our stamp of approval comes from the Word of God. Isn't that right? And if a man's preaching that book, I may not know him, but if he's in the bounds of that book and he's living by the that book. I can say amen to what he's preaching to, uh, uh, but we live in a who's who day, and it was back in this day, because if you didn't line up with the Pharisees, and if you didn't do as the Pharisees did, uh, then they were critical towards you. And I remind you that when you think about the disciples in verse number two, they had a lot of problems. Amen? I mean, you think about uh, uh, James and John was always wondering who was going to be the greatest, uh, and they wanted to call fire down from heaven and kill one crowd, because 
because uh, uh, they wouldn't follow them the way they thought to. And Peter is cussing in one point and found naked on a boat in another. I mean, they were not without their issues, amen? But the, the truth of the matter is uh, they were disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and they were following him. Uh, and what they were today in this text uh, is not what they're gonna be tomorrow. It took time to grow, amen? And sometimes in our Christian life, if we're not careful, we can forget that about others uh, that listen, people were patient with us uh, in our growth uh, and we ought to be patient with them in their growth. Isn't that right? I made a little note by this verse for myself, not for you, but it'll help all of us. I, I wrote under verse number two, some people need to worry about themselves. Isn't that right? Wouldn't the Pharisees be so much better if they'd have just worried about themselves? But they were so concerned with pointing out the problems of others. Now listen to me. I don't have an axe to grind tonight. I don't know of anything going on in the church. But if there is and I'm preaching on it, then you know it's for a reason. But I don't see any of that in our church and thank God for it. I've always believed in pastoring this way. Hey, you don't wait till your engine's knocking before you decide to change the oil. Can I get an amen? You just go ahead and do preventive maintenance. Amen. And I tell you, I don't know about you, but I don't like the spirit of Phariseeism. I, I, listen, I, I don't like the spirit of liberalism. I, I don't like the spirit of formalism. I, and I don't like the spirit of Phariseeism. I, we just ought to stay balanced uh, and stay in the book uh, and stay on our belly. Amen. And remember that we're just dust. Uh, and remember that God dug us all out of the same pit. And remember, hey, can I tell you something tonight? You looking at somebody that's got more problems uh, than I even know myself. Uh, it takes a holy God and a holy book uh, and a whole lot of grace uh, just to get me up in the morning and get me through the day. Uh, and I'm thankful for the mercy of God uh, because if I got today what I deserved, uh, I sure wouldn't be here, amen? I'd be dead and in hell. Uh, I tell you, I've not arrived. Uh, I've not achieved. Uh, I've not accomplished anything in myself. Uh, if there is anything good in my life, uh, I realize it's God that did it uh, and he ought to be the one that gets the glory. He ought to be the one that gets the honor. If if you could see what I used to be, if you could see where I was when God found me, I'm telling you, I'm just glad I'm in church on a Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? And the issue, I'll never preach all these verses tonight, but I'll tell you, the principle of this text that Jesus is teaching them is this. They had clean hands, but they had a dirty heart. If we're not careful... It's easy to stay in a good church a number of years and without even really thinking about it. You can get to the place where you feel like, that's well, I, I've kind of got everything okay in my life. I mean, we're not really going to say that, but we just kind of go through it in our life and, and we feel like, well, you know, I mean, I remember when I got saved, uh, uh, listen, there were so many things and I won't bore you to tell you those things tonight uh, because in reality, they don't really matter. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, listen, not being raised in church, there was things that I did starting out that I just didn't know they were wrong. I mean, uh, listen, they were it was sin, but I didn't know it was sin. But I'll tell you, a steady diet of the word of God in the right 
kind of preaching. You know what it did? It knocked the rough edges off of my life. I, I had a preacher that when your hair got too long, and I still believe this way too, by the way, when your hair got too long, he didn't wait to see if you went to the barber shop. He just came by and said, hey, you need to get a haircut. Go get one this week before Sunday. Now that might make some people mad. And I'm gonna tell you something. I appreciate that, don't you? I didn't have the money sometimes to get a haircut. He'd say, you got the money to get a haircut? You're starting to look like a hippie, amen? And I said, no, and I wore it like I'm wearing it right now. But he'd say, well, if you don't have it, listen, we'll get you one. Listen, and so, you know what? He would help you along the way. Don't you thank God for people that'll help you along the way? You say, man, if somebody told me my hair was too long, I'd get mad. I'll tell you what, I appreciate somebody trying to help me. It's in that book, isn't it? It's a shame for a man to have long hair. Now, don't you ladies get a haircut like this, all right? Amen. Come on now. But uh, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And so in this text, uh, they're critical. And so Jesus deals with the problem in verse number three. But he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? Jesus just turned that thing around, slid the plate their way, said, you want to talk about sin? Let's talk about your sin. I'm going to tell you, that's the only kind of sin that God wants to talk about in our life. God does not want to talk to us about other people's sin. God wants to talk to us about our sin, amen? He wants to deal with us about our sin. Hey, listen, we ought to pray for people. We ought to pray for God to help them. And we ought to pray when we see people going the wrong way. But I don't think we ought to run around and tell people about other people's sin. Somebody say amen. It ought to so grieve us because it grieves God. And we ought to be so burdened for them. The Bible said, he that's of a faithful spirit, he concealeth the matter. That doesn't mean we cover up sin. There's a difference in covering sin and concealing the matter of sin. That means that if I know something is going wrong in your life, Brother Noah, and there's sin in your life, the best thing I ought to do is pray for you, but God doesn't want me going out there telling nobody about it. You know why I know that? Because I don't want nobody telling about my sin, and you don't want nobody telling about your sin. Isn't that right? We're to pray for each other tonight. Amen. Now, I hope I didn't kill it because I'm preaching on Pharisees. But I'm telling you, it's a reality tonight. These people had clean hands. They were squeaky clean on the outside. But they had a whole lot of issues on the inside. Tonight, I do not want to get to the place where I just, because it looks all right out here, that I forget about what goes on in here. Jesus is dealing with the heart. Now, because Jesus deals with the heart does not mean that he is not concerned about the outwardness. In James chapter number four, James said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. We ought to live a clean life. Can I get an amen? Amen. But then he said, purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, you can clean the outside up, but if you don't ever get that heart where it ought to be at with God, then it's not doing you a bit of good. You may be squeaky clean and everybody may think you're all right on the outside, but what about on the inside? What about the issue of the heart? Hey, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. You know that? The condition of our heart. I've seen people that dress right, did right, and spit white, but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, uh, They had a bad heart. They had jealousy. They had envy. They had 
bitterness on the inside. They had a critical spirit. And that's not saying that I, listen, tonight I'm okay with anybody just living as loose as they want to. But I want to deal with the inside. Our Savior said this crowd, let's talk about your sin. You've made things right when it was convenient for you. Isn't that amazing tonight? How people will do that. Sin is sin in everybody else's life until it comes to their life. Oh, it was wicked when everybody else was doing it. But when it hit their life or when it hit their home, well, then, then, then there's then there is some kind of exception. I want to tell you, I believe sin is still sin. Can I get an amen? And I want to tell you, I believe the sins of the heart are every bit as dirty and vile and wicked as the sins of the flesh tonight. Isn't that right? Hey, we would all say amen that drinking is sin. We would all say lottery is sin. We would all say that murder is sin, that adultery is sin. I remind you, if you go to verse number 19, Jesus said all of them outward sins. You know where they came from? They came from the inside of a man. They didn't come from the man's hand. They came from the man's heart. There's not a sin you commit with your hand that what you didn't first commit it in your mind and in your heart. Amen. I'm telling you there's a lot of people sitting in church today. Listen, they told a King James Bible they wear a Sunday dress or a Sunday suit and everything's okay on the outside but on the inside. They got clean hands but their mind and their heart, there's some things going on the inside that we cannot see tonight. Amen. Job was one of the most spiritual men in the Old Testament. And Job said this in Job chapter 1. When he went to burn, offer them burnt offerings for his children according to the number of them all. Here's what Job said. It may be. He didn't say they did sin. But he said it may be that they have sinned against God and cursed God where? In their heart. Job said that everything looks good on the outside. But there's a part of my children that only God can see. There's a part of them that is so desperately wicked that even they themselves cannot know it. The heart is deceitful, isn't it? Above all, and desperately wicked. It takes the light of the Word of God, the preaching of the Scriptures to to bring things to light. Have you ever been sitting in church and a man of God got up and preached and and while he was preaching, he didn't know anything about your life or where you was at. But while he was preaching that sermon, maybe that wasn't even the main subject of his sermon, but he got on a little rabbit or he said something. And in the process of preaching, God spoke to your heart about something that was in your life that maybe you didn't even see it was there but thank God for preaching thank God for the Bible thank God for the light of the word of God it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path hey it gives entrance the entrance of thy word giveth light and it shows us and reveals our heart tonight that's why when people get away from God and the further they go sometimes you look at them you wonder surely they're going to wake up and come back Surely they're going to take a look at where they were and where they are now and say, I have wandered so far from God. But I'm going to tell you why they don't do that. Because the heart is deceitful. Because the further you get away from the Word of God, the darker the conscience will get. Even though man is saved, 
and God has quickened his spirit, his conscience uh, without the light of the word of God and sound doctrine. He will make the wrong decisions every time and it's that steady diet of the preaching. Hey, don't read your Bible for a month and you know what will happen? You'll backslide on God and it won't even take a month to do that. But in a month, you know what will happen? You'll start seeing things a little bit different and the things that you used to see that was so wrong, uh, you all of a sudden you might think, well, I don't see nothing wrong with that. That really isn't so bad after all. Or you'll say something like, well, you know, I used to feel that way or I used to believe that way about that, but I just see it a little bit different now. Have you heard people make statements like that? I'm telling you, when I hear somebody make a statement like that, I run like a scalded dog, don't you? Uh, Because that tells me they're going down a path, uh, a friend that I do not want to go down. I'll tell you, I don't trust my flesh tonight. My flesh is as wicked tonight as it was the day God saved me. And my flesh is is as capable tonight of doing anything and everything uh, before I got saved. uh, It's capable of doing it after I got saved. And the only way, my friend, uh, to overcome and live in victory is to crucify the flesh uh, and live in the Spirit. And if you're going to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, you have to live and walk in the Scriptures of the Word of God. What happened to them in this text is they had taken the Bible, the the Scriptures, the Old Testament, and verse number 6 says, Jesus says, You have made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. Now the liberals today want to say that because something is not black and white in the Scriptures, then it's just a tradition, but that's not necessarily true. Paul said all things are lawful, but they're not expedient. There are things tonight that I could do that I can't take the verse, cannot take the Bible and necessarily tell you that, that it is that it is seen in the Bible, thou shalt not do this. But what I can tell you about that is that even though it could even be lawful, it would not become of a Christian. It would not be something that would hurt the cause of Christ. And if we are all about the cause of Christ and if we're all about being a Christian, then just because something is lawful, in other words, just because I might get by with it, but it would do harm to the cause of Christ, harm to the church. Uh, it's not expedient for me to do that. And why would I want to do something that would hinder my testimony? I'm not telling you that I do everything right every day, but I want to live by that principle, don't you? Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that falls under that. And then there are things in this book uh, that, listen, they're not traditions. Uh, uh, there's principles in the Bible. They're not thou shalt not. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you what they are. There's principles that we're to live by. Hey, the Bible said to be ye holy for I am holy. Isn't that right? The Bible says it's a shame to speak of things done in secret. There's, there's principles all through the Bible that we have to live by. But if we're not careful, we can get our list. And I believe in a list. You know that. But if all you have tonight is your list, or if you think your list qualifies and merits you to be right with God, then you ought to take a deeper look at that tonight. Search your heart. The psalmist prayed, Lord, search my heart. Try me. See if there be any wicked ways in me. You young people listen to me tonight. The reason some young people go to the world is not a a hand problem. It's not because they got tired of and said, I'm tired of people telling me what kind of music I can listen to. I'm tired of people telling me how to dress. It's it's not. And they'll talk about the works and the tradition. It's not a hand problem. It's a heart problem. They've wandered away from God in their heart or their heart has never been washed in the blood. 
You you think about that that man that they tried to bind with fetters and chains in Mark chapter 5. He would often break those fetters and chains. They were not putting them fetters and chains on him to to hurt him, but they were putting them on him to keep him from hurting himself and hurting others. And and I'm going to tell you, people that are not saved, that's exactly what they feel about living for God and living a righteous life. It's just fetters and chains. But we that are saved, it's not fetters and chains. Hey, this is freedom, living for God, being saved and not living out there in this world. If you're saved tonight, you know this is the safest place you can be. This is the best place you can be. Hey, I don't go to church because I have to. I go to church because I want to. Amen. I don't want to smoke dope. It's not a one of us tonight that we couldn't go out and get drunk like the rest of that crowd. But I'll tell you the difference between us and them is I don't want to go out there and drink. I don't want to smoke dope. I wouldn't care tonight if they brought a truckload of it up here in the parking lot and offered it for free. I'm telling you, they could have every bit of it. Just give me Jesus. Give me old time religion. Give me that King James Bible. Give me a good place to go on a Wednesday night. I wouldn't trade church on Wednesday night for a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game. I'm telling you, listen, I wouldn't trade being a preacher for being a rock star or a superstar or a Hollywood actor or actress. I'm telling you tonight, I don't want to live that life. I remember when I was lost and I didn't know God, but when he got on the inside, he put a desire, amen, to live for God on the outside. Hallelujah. You know, when I was a Teenager, I remember going before before I got saved. I didn't understand. And if you're lost, you don't understand tonight. You say, preacher, I've been raised in church, but you still don't understand until you get saved. I went to church and the preacher, he, he blasted rock music. I've said that like three times tonight. I hope nobody's listening to it. And that's even if you listen to those 1960 oldies. Come on now. Amen. Burn your records and eight tracks. Get rid of all that mess. Amen. Amen. But he preached, he was preaching against rock music. And uh, you know what he did? He, he, I remember back then, uh, uh, there was a group called Bon Jovi. And uh, they was real popular in the 80s. And, and I'm telling you, he was preaching. I wouldn't paint him a whole lot of night, mind. Uh, and Brother David, then he blew out Bon Jovi. I sat there and I thought, how dare him do that? I was lost. So if you're thinking that right now, I'm praying for you. I remember going home telling my mother, I said, you know, I don't know why he had preached against Bon Jovi. I mean, they've got a song uh, entitled Living on a, uh, Living by Prayer. Hey, man, I thought it was, uh, that's as close to gospel as you can get, uh, uh, you know. Uh, but after I got saved, you know what happened? Uh, I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost got on the inside. You see, I didn't have a hand problem. I got mad because I had a heart problem. But when I got saved, uh, the preacher didn't have to get up and preach on Bon Jovi. You know what happened? Uh, I walked in that bedroom and the Holy Holy Ghost, a still small voice spoke in the inside and said, just change that station. And I had a desire that I didn't have before that. It was to listen to something else other than this world's music. I'm just here to tell you tonight, when the inside is clean, you don't have to worry about the outside. But if all you got is the outside, you're in real trouble. You're just like this crowd. You got a heart problem tonight. Isn't that right? I know that Charles Roach taught me, I was thinking about him today when I was reading this verse, this text. Charles Roach taught me something I'll never forget. One time we was in service over here. I hadn't been here too long, probably 
probably, I don't know, maybe six months, a year. And there was somebody came in and while well, they didn't go to church, I didn't go, they, just, they never went to church. They laid out. Now, they might show up once every three or four weeks. But they laid out of church all the time. I'd got to go try it again. There's a member of the church. Yeah, I'm going to come. And they wouldn't come. And then, and we got one of them real good services. You know, Brother Laddie, you, you, you would remember this. And uh, I'm telling you, people was, people was shouting, praising God. And they stood up and testified. Now, y'all, forgive me for what I'm about to say. Okay? I'm standing here, and in my mind, I'm thinking, sit down and shut up. Now, don't y'all look so spiritual? It wasn't you. But I'm sitting there thinking, man, you ain't been to church in six weeks. And you want to testify? Now, I don't think you should. Let me just say this. I don't think you should testify if you hadn't been to church in six weeks unless you're making a public confession for laying out of church for six weeks. Then you could y'all testify. But they testified, and I heard Brother Charles say amen twice. And I thought to myself, why did he do that? So I asked him after church. And I said, Brother Charles, I said, you know, they don't come to church. I said, why did you say amen to that? And he told me, he said, just trying to help them. Amen. He didn't say it was right. He said, just trying to help them. I said, help them. He said, yeah. He said, everybody needs a little mercy now and then. I never forgot that. You know, I'm glad he wasn't condoning laying out of church. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Woe to the person in this building that don't think they need mercy. I need God's mercy tonight. Sometimes if we're not so care, if we're not care, careful, we'll get, we'll get so caught up. Uh, and, and, and it takes God to, to bring us to that place. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm you. I read this this morning. I thought, man, I need that passage of Scripture. I need to be reminded. Thank God for clean hands. But it'd be a tragedy if all you have is clean hands. Uh, hey, look at this crowd in verse number 12. Jesus calls them out. In verse number 8, he says, the, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's your Facebook crowd. Amen. Yeah. They'll get on there and talk about how much they love God on one post today. And tomorrow, listen, they ain't got enough clothes on to wad a shotgun. Somebody say amen. That's right. Now, I'm going to tell you, that hurts the cause of Christ. Amen. Isn't that right? But I'll tell you another post that hurts the cause of Christ. Somebody make a big, a long post of how much they love Jesus. And then the next day, they're on there making a big post running somebody down. Only thing is, they don't have the guts to call their name. Amen. And they just, they're just gossiping. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you're gossiping with your tongue or your fingertips. Amen? It's still wrong and it's still sin. Isn't that right? Uh, and listen, uh, they think that, listen, they may have it all right on the outside. Uh, but Jesus said that they're good at lip service, but their life goes in another direction. Amen? And Jesus calls the Pharisees out in this text. And the Bible said in verse number 12, Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended? They were offended after they heard this saying. I don't want to get offended at preaching. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I'm telling you, thank God for preachers that would just be straight with you. We just get up and not care about our feelings. I, I don't think a preacher ought to get up with the, you know, the intention to be mean and 
and just try to beat my, I don't want to beat nobody up. But I like preaching that's just plain and simple, don't you? I like preaching that sometimes, I can I be honest with you, it hurts to hear it. But I need to hear it. Amen. It's the kind of preaching that will make you go home and think. It's the kind of preaching that will get you to the altar. I, I'll be honest with you tonight. I, I don't want any Phariseeism in my life. I want to be merciful to those that need mercy. I want to live by the grace of God. I want to live as clean as I can for the Lord. And, and I want to be right. And I want the outside to be right. I really mean that with all my heart tonight. But at the same time, I don't want something to get in my heart. I don't want to get angry at somebody and let that fester and grow in my life. I don't want to, I, listen, I don't want bitterness over something in the past to grow. I don't want to get, listen, I, I mean, I've seen so many people and God helped me tonight because pride, it lurks in all of us tonight and it takes the grace of God and it takes staying on your face uh, or this flesh will rise up and crown itself in a hurry friend over any old little old thing that it does in this life uh, it thinks more highly of itself uh, can I tell you it's a good day in all of our life when we get past ourselves and realize people don't really think about us like we think about us uh, in fact they probably never hardly think about us uh, and we're not uh, everything that we think that we are and I'm telling you tonight uh, uh, this old flesh pride. Uh, it'll swell up and it'll grow like a cancer in our brain and in our soul. Uh, and listen, it'll blind your eyes uh, and you'll think you don't have any of it in your life. But I'll tell you what it takes. Uh, it takes that old time preaching. It takes a Wednesday night service uh, where God takes that book and hits you right between the eyes uh, and you realize uh, how sorry you really have been sometimes. Uh, how much pride's really been in there. Uh, oh, it's a humbling thing. Amen. Sure is, isn't it? Remember as a younger preacher, I'd sit there at Faith Baptist Camp and I'd think, why can't I preach? Every young preacher thought that. Well, why Brother Allen don't let us preach at night? Because our head would be the size of Texas. That's why he wouldn't let us preach at night. And then when he would get you up preach, he'd say, give me seven minutes. It'd be odd numbers. He'd say seven minutes, three minutes, four-minute sermon. I remember one Wednesday or one night of revival, Brother Edgar Thomas was preaching revival. Brother Allen got up. He said, we're going to have 22-minute sermons. <laughs> I mean, you can't hardly tell your name in two minutes. He said, if you go after two minutes, he said, Brother Blue's going to pull your coattail. And so you had two minutes. You know why that was good for me as a young preacher? Because if you wouldn't preach two minutes, you didn't deserve the right to preach 20 minutes. I said, if I get called on, I'm going to preach two minutes. But you know what God was doing in those days? Knocking some of that pride out. Can I tell you all these years later, he's still working on that pride. Oh, listen tonight. I don't want to brag on the flesh tonight. The Bible says to take heed. If a man think he standeth, take heed lest he fall. This crowd was offended. Pride will cause you to be offended. And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. And I underline this next statement in verse number 14. Here's what he said. He said, Let them alone. You know, I, I thought about this. It's hard to believe that there were people that Jesus actually said, Just leave them alone. You can't help them. They're to the point of no return. 
That's not for me to say tonight. But I'm going to tell you, even if you're saved, if Phariseeism gets a hold of your life, you'll get to the point of no return if God don't break you down. Isn't that right? I mean, it's as solemn of a message to preach as it would be if I was blowing out sin preaching on liberalism tonight. We have to be careful, don't we? That we don't pride ourselves in having a good church. We ought to be thankful, as people have said tonight. I believe that's in order. But I'll tell you, it takes more than a good church to, have a, to live for God. People drown all the time in good churches. Pastors, their ministry, they begin to coast and they lose their fire in good churches. They get concerned with the retirement. They get concerned with the number on the board. They, the, the, they numbers of years of being at a church too long can, can build pride in this old stinking flesh. I've been here 40 years. I've been here 20-something years. And while that's commendable, we never have an ownership on God's church. I was preaching a meeting for a guy one time. I won't say the quote he made, but he made a quote, and the, the thought crossed my mind. I thought, this, this doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him tonight, doesn't it? You know, God do what he wants to with this church. He could blow it up 10 times bigger, or he could shrink it down five times smaller if he wanted to. He, don't have, he could take me out. He don't need me tonight. I'm telling you, he don't, he don't need this church. And I thank God for Bible Baptist Church, don't you? And I'm glad we got a good church. And I appreciate people getting up. And I believe all that's in order, as I've said. But at the same time, I'm reminded every day of my life, God don't need me. And, but I sure need the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, when I look around and I see the condition of other people, I don't understand why they're doing some of the things they're doing. But I know they're walking in darkness. And I know they're blind. And, and I know they don't know God. And I know there's some people that are saved. They never had the privilege of sitting where we're sitting tonight. They never had the opportunity to go to a church like we've went to and they just don't know any different. Some of it could be rebellion but some of it could just be pure ignorance. Amen. It just sure makes me thankful tonight that God was merciful enough. I don't even know why God would even let us be born in America. Have you ever thought about that? Why would God let you hear the gospel? Why would he let me hear the gospel tonight? and go to an old-fashioned church? Why did he let me be born on the east? Why did he let me be born out in the west somewheres and be a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness and die and go to hell? But I'm telling you, it's just grace. It's just mercy. It's just God's goodness in our life. Amen. And that's a good reason to never get out of the will of God. 